0: Hey everyone, you're listening to episode 4 of the Brick Magnet Podcast. I'm your host Mike Morrison. Thanks so much for joining me this week. I hope you've been enjoying the show and enjoying hearing my reviews of the sets that I've been working on and general discussion around this wonderful hobby slash addiction that we have to Lego If you are listening to the podcast for the very first time, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast app to ensure that you do not miss a single episode. And if you head over to BrickMagnate.com, you'll find a selection of photos from each of the episode sets that I review, uh, as well as some additional thoughts, links to the social, and a variety of random other stuff that will be going up on BrickMagnate.com. So, this week, I am reviewing the Mighty Bowser set, which came out a little earlier this month. Now, I'm a huge, huge Super Mario fan. It was the first um, real, real game that I properly got stuck into when I was a kid. I had um, obviously all the Super Mario Brothers games on Nintendo, and then obviously onto Snares with Super Mario World, onto N64, and yeah. I've just been such a, a big big fan of the Mario series for the majority of my life. I'm a big gaming nerd, big geek, and um yeah, Mario is my man. I was always Mario rather than Sonic, and Bowser is just awesome. So when this set was announced, I was, you know, I had to have it. There was no question about it. It looked fantastic from all the promo material, and I just knew it would be a, a fun build. And I wasn't disappointed. So it's a little on the the pricey side. I've um, had some comments when I've shared the little um, video of the finished model on Instagram and TikTok from people kind of saying, you know, they love it. It's amazing. They just wish it was more affordable. And it is a shame that the the price point will put off a, a lot of people. It's two hundred and twenty nine ninety nine in the UK. So that's pounds. Two hundred and sixty-nine ninety-nine US dollars, so it's not cheap, but it is a big set, and it's it's a substantial set. So the actual build itself was such a fun build. I really, really enjoyed this build. This was kind of coming on the back of a few back-to-back sets that I'd, I'd built. I kind of got really into an obsessive Frame of mind with Lego, and I powered through, and I'd completed the the office build that I reviewed on the last episode. So you know, I was already kind of up there in terms of my expectations for a build, and the Lego Mighty Bowser was a really, really fun. Build. I wasn't let down there was a lot of cool techniques used throughout it's a very posable model and you know the, the ways in which you construct the different limbs and the mechanisms that are put in place to allow for movement and, and different poses and stuff like that they're, they're really cool it was an interesting diverse and varied build um, and especially for things like the big spiked shell on Bowser's back Um, the the techniques for that, that was really cool. It's one of those, you know, you get those sets where you often don't know what you're actually creating at a particular stage, and then as it comes together, you're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. That's really clever. Um, There was a lot of moments like that throughout the build, and that's always something that I enjoy. And there was a lot of larger pieces used too because it is a big, substantial model that you're creating so there were a lot of, of chunky pieces that we used. And that's a nice change. A lot of sets that we build, you're dealing with kind of single tiles or the thinner pieces, the smaller pieces, a lot of fiddly bits and pieces. But it was nice to actually get my hands on some big Lego, which was awesome. And while this this might just be me, but there's something about having more vibrant colours in your Lego set, that does make it more enjoyable. There's bright red, bright yellow, bright green, um, and white blocks and stuff like that, versus a lot of gray, a lot of dark blues, a lot of browns, a lot of blacks. Um, although, you know, there are black pieces to build up the base, but yeah, it, it felt more vibrant as you're going through. And I think that does have an effect as well. And one of the best things about the build. Not a single sticker. No stickers. I can't actually remember the last time I had a Lego set where there weren't any stickers. Part of it's because they're not really needed, right? Um, but there were, I would say, one, two, three, uh, four, five parts, I believe, where there were printed Bricks. There might have been a couple more, five parts I can think of off the top of my head where there were printed bricks supplied. And we're not just talking about um, a tile with some print on it. Again, these were, were chunky pieces. There's a, a POW block, which is something from the games, which, again, that was printed. Um, his eyes, Bowser's eyes, again, they were were printed kind of um, cylindrical pieces as opposed to stickers so again just a little thing but it makes a world of difference because i hate stickers everyone hates stickers in the lego set you, no one can get those bloody things on straight so that was one of my favorite things with that set as well so the build experience was really really fun and the end result just looks amazing and it's big it's over 30 centimeters high to over 40 centimeters or so wide and Bowser is a chunky boy. He is a big chunky dude. so the the end result of what you see just looks impressive. It looks and it feels substantial. It feels solid. You know sometimes when you're building more complex models, I'm um, sure you'll have had the experience when you're trying to move them from one place to another you have to do so like really carefully it's like you're carrying a bomb right it's just so so much potential for a piece snapping off or just holding it the wrong way and the whole thing breaks you know i've still got nightmares of trying to move my millennium falcon from a table to a windowsill and you know A leg falling off, panels coming off, and having to, you know, figure out how in the hell it all goes back together. You don't feel that with Bowser. Bowser just, it just feels really well constructed. ...and solid and substantial. And, yeah, that final model, it's really highly posable, I mentioned before. You you can adjust, you know, his legs, his stance, his arms, his hands... um, ...his head position, all that sort of stuff. And he even shoots a little fireball from his mouth, too... ...which is a nice little touch. Um, A a good whack in the eye with a fireball is very on-character for Bowser. So, you know, it can... Be played with it can also be used with the various mario brothers play sets as well that lego produce um it's got i think the the different interaction spots on the model but even though you can play with it it definitely does look and feel like more of a display piece and a very impressive looking one at that anyone who is a mario fan anyone who is, is a geek and has, you know, the office setup or has a display area with geeky stuff. This is going to take pride of place because it looks great. It's big, it's impressive, and it's Bowser. And Bowser is, is awesome. So, yeah, I absolutely loved it. This might actually be my favorite set of the last year or so. And that's even, that's, that it's had some high competition with uh, the likes of the office set. But, I think with the office set, uh, it was fun to build, it was cool, it was nerdy. Um, But the end result, you know, it it looks good when you're looking at it, but you've got to get up to it and kind of have a closer look at all the details and stuff. But otherwise, it's a fairly flat set, right? Whereas Bowser is just, if you were to walk in the room and Bowser's on a shelf, your eyes go there right away. Um, So, yeah, it might actually be my favourite set of the last year or so. Very high on my all-time list. So. Yeah, loved it. Amazing, amazing job. Um, I'd kind of like to see a better Mario available. I'd love to see more character models from the Mario series because I'm not a huge, huge fan of the Mario play sets that, um, that they produced. Um, I'm not really a fan of, of a sets in general because they, they never really feel very substantial in terms of what you get. And yeah, they, they just don't, really do it for me even though i am a huge mario fan but i'd love to see some more substantial display pieces um, from the mario series the super mario 64 question mark block that's awesome i love that uh and you know i may well review that on a future episode too so i'm hoping that with that and with mighty bowser we might start seeing some more uh substantial Uses of that Mario, uh, that Mario library, and I would love, I would love a proper good Mario um, model, and Luigi too, you know, and Toad and all that. But yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, so in terms of review for the build experience, it's getting top marks. I'm giving this a ten out of ten. It ticked every box for me. It was varied. It was interesting. There were lots of cool techniques used, and there were no printed bricks. Who could ask for more? Uh, The set itself consisted of 2,807 pieces. So it is something you'll build over a a number of sessions, but there's no point of it that feels repetitive, that feels boring, that feels like you just want to get through it so you can get back to the fun stuff. It was a great, great build. It was a lot of fun. So 10 out of 10 for build experience for me. The end result, 10 out of 10 once again. As I've said, this just delivers it looks incredible it's a substantial it's as big and as bulky as you would want it lives up to the mighty bowser It feels mighty, it feels high quality. It's poseable, it's playable, and it looks great on display. The stand, or the little platform that it comes with, is a great addition too. I like the fact that you can topple one of the flaming towers over to reveal a hidden power block. Again, nice little touch. Um, I just can't express anymore just how much I love this. So, end result gets a 10 out of 10. Value for money, I'm going to score 85 it is pricey, but it's pricey for a reason, and I feel like the quality of the end result means that you do get a lot for what you pay for. There are sets that you pay a heck of a lot more for that just don't look and feel as good as the Mighty Bowser does. It's on the right side of the 10 cents a piece line as well. Again, 2,800 pieces. Priced at 230 in the UK, 270 in the US, so it's just on the right side of that line. Um, but we are also largely talking bigger pieces and a lot of custom-shaped pieces as well, like unusually shaped pieces. So it does feel like you are getting a bit more for that price point than you you might with other sets and printed bricks, you know. Extra marks for that. So build experience 10 out of 10. End result 10 out of 10. And value for money 8.5 out of 10. Overall a really good showing for the mighty Bowser. And hopefully a sign of things to come for the Mario theme when it comes to future Lego sets. So Bowser's given me a little bit of a dilemma. And it's really kind of emphasised uh, where I'm at. In terms of probably one of the biggest struggles. That Lego lovers have, and that is, where the heck do you display this stuff? Now, right now, I've got a couple of, of bookshelves in in one of my rooms in in uh, the house that have some of my sets on them, but probably that's that's about half at the very most, and there's not really any more uh, space in that room that I can put up another another bookshelf. Um, the Millennium Falcon is obviously a beast, so that's kind of got its own little space in a in a large bay window sill that I have so um that's taken care of, and there's kind of a long unit in my games room that's turning into a bit of a Harry Potter themed area with Hogwarts and Hogwarts Express, but otherwise I've got a lot of Lego sets and pieces just scattered around like I ran out of space to put them within the setup of a normal house so this is all to say like my house is it's large but it's it's normal and i've reached the limits of what a normal house can sustain in terms of displaying lego i've got a few pieces in my office but there's just so many that are just randomly dotted around the most recent few sets that i built they're just there on my dining table so we can't eat meals there anymore um and I've got little sets just on random shelves. So I got the, the Star Wars dioramas, which are cool little, like quite small pieces. They're just randomly like slotted onto um, shelves that have books on and DVDs on just because they were the only spaces I can find. Pretty much any clear space, side tables, random shelves and benches, like I, I put Lego there just so just so they are they are somewhere. But it's really only a matter of time before the missus loses her patience with um, all the miscellaneous scattered LEGOs. So I've been trying to figure out a better solution. Uh, I've toyed with rejigging my office around, maybe getting a couple of Billy bootcases or Kalax units for my gear, although I don't think Kalax have a good enough spacing to fit most of the sets. I tend to go more for the larger display pieces than for the sets that were fitting in those small kind of square areas of the Kallax. Um, maybe I should just go all out and just claim a room as a Lego room. Do any of you listening have a dedicated Lego room or a dedicated Lego space? Is a dedicated Lego room too much? I see a lot of the the popular lego creators and influencers and they have these amazing dedicated rooms i'm just not sure i'm there yet in terms of fully fully embracing my lego addiction quite so much and of course it means losing a room in the house which you know um is is definitely something i have to think about so yeah i think if i was to do that the one i'd probably go for It's currently used for filming videos for my main business, which we actually don't do a lot of these days. And maybe it could be a hybrid use. Maybe, you know, it could be a Lego room. But when we film business videos, you know, my business has a bit of a geeky vibe to it as well. So, you know, maybe actually they'll make those videos better. Yeah, maybe that's the justification for (laughs) claiming the filming room as a Lego room. And uh, it imp- it'll improve the stuff we do, film for the business. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just sharing my thoughts in the this quandary that I'm in. Like, what do you do when your Lego habit exceeds the um, capacity for a, a normal house? When I say normal house, I just mean a house that isn't saturated in Lego bricks. What do you do when your hobby reaches the limit? of what a normal house can support in terms of places to display your Lego. I'd love to hear from you. Where do you show your Lego? Do you have a Lego room? Um, Do you... I know some people build stuff up and then dismantle it and put it back in the box to build again in the future. That is insanity to me. But are you one of those people? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you on social media. Hit me up on Twitter at BrickMagnate, B-R-I-C-K-M-A-G-N-A-T-E. You can find me at the same handle over on TikTok or on Instagram. It's brick underscore magnate. Hit me up. Let me know. Where do you show your Lego? Do you have a Lego room? Do you have any tips for someone who is creating a Lego room? I would love to hear from you. And yeah, I'll share an update. In truth, I want the Lego room, but I also I want to start building my own Lego city. I really, really do um i yeah i've got some pieces so yeah i've got some pieces that might fit in with that but that's a whole different thing because it's not just about having some you know wall space to put shelves up on it's about having a place to put a big old table area big old workbench to build your city on that's something we'll talk about in a future episode but uh Yeah, kind of in line with that, in terms of what's coming up, I've splurged on a couple of sets that I've had my eye on, but I always thought were a bit too indulgent. But as I mentioned, I've kind of been thinking about starting down the Lego City route, and so I bought Diagon Alley, Harry Potter Diagon Alley, which is four or five buildings, which I figured, you know, if I do build a Lego City then Diagon Alley could uh, kind of have a Harry Potter-themed area with Diagon Alley in there. Um, I also built the Daily Bugle set as well, not built, boat. I've had my eye on that for a while because, um, yeah, there's a, it's a cool-looking set, a lot going on, lots of minifigures as well. Um, and I figured, yeah, that that too could look good in a Lego city. That could go alongside... Um, oh, no, I was going to say that can go alongside the um, Sanctorum Doctor Strange but I haven't actually bought that one yet that's another one where I kind of put it off and put it off but recently I've been thinking if I do build a Lego city then that can go there as well do you see you're getting an inner glimpse into the, <laughs> the thought process <laughs> of a Lego addict and I'm sure you don't need it because if you're listening to the show you're probably a bit like me anyway but you know I see how I'm just justifying all these extra sets you know <laughs> And also assuming I already have them. Um, so, yeah, Diagon Alley and Daily Bugle, they're on their way to me right now. Also, recently, um, just the other day, got the Christmas set for this year delivered. That won't be getting built until December. Um, myself and my partner tend to build that year's Lego um, Christmas set as part of the Christmas tradition. But it looks pretty cool. Christmas on Main Street. Um couple of buildings a little trolley and stuff like that so that looks quite cool so that'll be coming soon as well and obviously once i build diagonally and daily bugle i will be reviewing them here on the podcast as well as posting the um the closer look videos on tiktok and instagram also finished the london bus recently that was a one that um i i thought had actually been retired and I don't remember seeing it in stock on the Lego site in the UK for a while. And just randomly randomly the other day came across it and it was available. So um, I, I picked that up. I got it from Amazon, actually. And it was, in truth, just because the delivery of my other sets was taking so long and I could get it with next day delivery from Amazon just to feed my addiction. But um, yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool build. It was a little bit of a different build. I felt a bit old school, um, that build, where you know there was only four stages to it, so four sets of numbered bags. But for each set of numbered bags, there were like five or six big bags of, of bricks. So a lot of that build was spent with a massive pile of Lego strewn across the desk. So it was a bit of a challenging build in that way. It wasn't broken down as much as others. Um, I probably won't review that one on this show, but there's there'll be a video on Uh, tiktok and instagram as well and i'm really looking forward to the table football set that's coming out november 1st so yeah there's still a lot of legoing to do in 2022 so make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast app for all the reviews and brick based banter that is still to come hopefully you are enjoying it hopefully you're having fun hearing about my adventures in lego again i would love to hear from you over at brickmagnet.com if you head over there you can find The every episode of the podcast, um, some extra notes on the reviews and also some pictures and videos that I'll be taking of the different sets I talk about. And you can leave your comments and thoughts there as well or connect on social media at Brick Magnate on Twitter and TikTok, Brick underscore Magnate on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. But in the meantime and in between time, I'll be back again next week with another episode of the Brick Magnate podcast.